Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. Hey, what's up, Rockstars? It's Matt Johnson. We are back again with another episode of the UX Podcast and a fantastic conversation today all about authority and authority marketing and how that directly impacts our bottom line and how we can build and leverage more authority online. We're here with Josh Elledge. He is the founder of Up My Influence. You might know him from Savings Angel, which is a multi-million dollar company that he built. What's interesting about Josh is that he essentially did what most of us need to do, which he's built a kind of a new media machine inside of that company that he was running. And then that was so successful that he was featured on over 2,000 media outlets and placements over the years because he was able to build that multi-million dollar business with, with around 500 bucks of advertising. So Josh is a master at getting essentially building authority online with very, very little investment, right, which he did for himself. And so people started to ask him how to do that. We go into the story and things like that. But uh, it's really, really interesting because what he's built now, what that agency has evolved into is essentially a service agency, a marketing service agency, um, very similar to mine uh, in, in the way that it's scalable and he's able to deliver done-for-you services for clients, but with a, co- a coaching element on top, right? And so a lot of us are in that space where no matter how good we are at what we do, there's an element where we need the client's participation and improvement, and there's some either skills or there's some thing, there's some adjustments that we need them to make on their end in their business uh, in order to maximize the effectiveness of what we do. And so Josh has confronted that same issue that a lot of us face and uh, has come up with his own solution to it, which is a kind of a done-for-you service, uh, a la carte style with uh, coaching and ele- you know, elements of coaching on top of that. Really, really interesting model. I think it's one of the future models that we're going to see more and more of. I know that my mentor at my old agency uh, has experimented with this. They're getting more into coaching their clients so that the clients get better results from their service. And I see a lot of us in the service industry going more towards that. So phenomenal conversation. We also talk a little bit about collaboration or cooperative marketing and why Josh is encouraging all of their clients and everyone in his space to really focus on going after influencers in their market and collaborating. So doing collaborative content, collaborative marketing with those other influencers that that is pretty much the fastest way right now to build our influence and authority online. So enjoy this conversation. This was fantastic. This is Josh Elledge, the founder of Up My Authority. So Josh, officially welcome to the UX podcast. Matt, thank you so much. Super stoked to have you. There's a bunch of stuff we can talk about and we have a very similar path to get to where we are, which I'd love for you to share just real quick. I've given kind of your, your, uh, a little bit about what you're doing now, but how did you get to founding the company? Uh, Quite by accident. Um, So I have another company that I launched over 11 years ago. And, uh, you know, at the beginning, I was struggling, I had already failed in business seven or six times. Uh, You know, some I failed gracefully, some I failed pretty spectacularly. Um, But Savings Angel uh, ended up succeeding. Um, And at the beginning, however, I had no money for advertising. And one thing that I knew, like this is just a belief that I had, is that exposure is everything. Um, And if you don't have the visibility, then you don't have people coming into the top of your sales funnel. People aren't learning about you. They can't do business with you. Um, But 
you know, just as important is that businesses evolve and the business that you launch today is probably not going to be the same business three to five years from now. And so if you don't have data, then you aren't going to know what's going to work for your clients. So your clients will tell you, or your customers will tell you exactly what they want and need. And as a business, as a business owner, it's your job to fill that need, solve problems, bring value, bring far more value to your customers than what you ask in return. Because if you could do that, then you'll be wildly sustainable and very profitable. Okay. And so at the beginning of Savings Angel, uh, you know, I, I developed a system where I was able to help consumers cut their grocery bill in half. And uh, I thought, man, this is great. You know, if people knew about it, uh, you know, they could give me $20 and I could help them save three, $400 a month. It's a no brainer. Um, you can have the best business idea in the world. And if nobody knows about it, you're not going to be in business for very long. And you'll have to give up on your hopes and dreams. Yeah. And so, I started reaching out to local media, local influencers, anybody I could. Remember, this is 11 years ago, so uh, you know Facebook really wasn't a thing at the time. Uh, but uh, you know, I just I reached out to local ad magazines, newspapers, radio stations, TV stations, any bloggers that I could find, yeah. uh, and I said, "Look, um, you know, I don't have any money to pay advertising, but I'm wondering if we could collaborate on something. Could I do a segment? Could I bring some value? Could I serve your audience?" I don't need anything in return. I'm here to make you look good. And, you know, with that approach, um, not everybody said yes, but a lot of them did. And so I was able to get on and I wasn't very good uh, at first when doing radio, for example. I was pretty horrible, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but I did well enough that they invited me back <laughs> week after week after week. And I remember good. that first time that I did radio as a local Christian broadcaster in Western Michigan. Hmm. And, um, you know, I went in having a utility bill that was due that Friday. And I made enough on that Tuesday morning so that I could pay my heating bill. And it was like a, a February. And if you don't have money to pay your heating bill in the middle of winter in Michigan, that's pretty bad news. And you know, when after that first week, I was just very humbled and I said, oh my gosh, I know what I need to do. I need to keep on serving audiences. Mm. And um, that was our approach. And you know, we went from there to six figure months. And, um, you know, very, very honored to be able to do that. So, yeah, so I had all that experience. And, you know, to answer your question, mm -hmm. I just believe that, you know, when you have success, you should give back. Um, right. I just think we all have a moral imperative to always take what we've learned and just give it back. Don't worry about the money, you know, just serve because there's always people that are starting new in business. And I just started doing that a lot of pro bono work in our local startup community. And then they started asking if they could hire me or, you know, do you have any services that can help me do this a little bit faster? And so, you know, really I didn't mean to start a, an influencer engagement company, but we have. And, you know, we just kind of listened to what people were asking for and some of the challenges that are in the PR industry. You know, I blew 25 grand on PR and had next to nothing to show for it. And wow. I just wanted to eliminate that risk for other business owners. Um, mm. I just know that there's so many great business owners out there. And if I don't help them get that visibility, they may give up on their hopes and dreams. And that's yeah. the thing that fuels me every single morning is I have to do this. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. And there's, there's, there's a lot there to dig into. And I want to get to something else in a second about the, the direction that you took the new company. But I do want to comment just real quick on the, the, the journey is the same because both of us started doing something just to give back and really didn't know exactly where it was going to go and then responded to people 
looking for help with what we were doing. And, uh, and then just the, the only question is then, well, how do you feel like the demand is there? You know, the demand is there and you know, the need is there and yeah. for the right people, you know, the budget uh, is there too. The question is, how do you fulfill the demand? So that, that leads me to kind of the first question, which is, so you had people asking for a couple of potentially two different things, right? Services and coaching, <laughs> wildly different. Um, mm-hmm. so, so why did you go the direction that you went into services rather than just doing like a group mastermind where you just teach people to do what you were doing? Yeah, because I want to scale. Um, I recognize that I I have to do what I do, and if it's only just me coaching and you know, kind of this cult of personality type thing, I, I just that doesn't fit for me. I, I want to be able to impact. Um, I, I I I know that I have a bigger impact that's just beyond me. I think experts can do phenomenal work, um, mm-hmm. but you know, a lot of what people were asking for was, look, I know you can coach me and I know you can provide some great ideas, but at the end of the day, what you're telling me to do is it's work. Yeah. And so can you help me speed this up? So, uh, you know, initially I was thinking, oh, I'll just do some videos and then that way I can do one to many, yeah. but the market was telling me that it wanted a little bit more handholding in this regard. So yeah. that's why we, you know, I brought a lot of my savings angel staff over. I'm like, look, you guys were helping me write, you know, my column and all this other stuff. You know, now we need to do this for more people because uh, people are asking for help. And so um, if I understand it right, the, the current, the, the agency that you run up my influence essentially was an outgrowth of an, in, of an internal media agency you built for the company you used to run. And now it yeah. is the company that you run. Yeah. That yeah. That is interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it really is. So, I mean, it's nice because we tested everything and we, yeah. we did everything, you know, and that's really nice when you can work with an expert that's actually had success in the thing that they sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a little frustrating when someone's like, well, I've never done it for myself, but I'll do it for you and I'll charge you X thousands of dollars. Like, okay, that's great. Right. Um, right. But, and I don't think it's a requirement, um, but I know that, you know, where I spend, you know, when I spend, in, when I invest in my company, you know, it's nice to know that I'm working with someone that says, I got you. You know, I, I this is this is an area that I now. have risked it all yeah. on. I've bet it all on black and it worked for me. And so I'm gonna teach you everything that I have learned personally as well as with my clients. It's so funny you say that because it reminds me of something my, my mentor told me years ago when I was still working directly for him. He's now a client of mine. Uh, so he, he turns to me, he's like, it's like, you know why you will never be as good at copywriting as me? I'm like, well, gee, <laughs> do tell. Um, so he says, because it's not your money on the line. And I didn't think anything about it. Like as an employee at the time, I didn't think about it, but he was so right. Because you don't really get to the point where you figure out what really works until it's your own money. It's your own risk. It's your own time, effort, energy, and resources on the line to really figure out what works. And so, yeah, I'm a huge fan of like only working with service providers who have done it. They've walked the hard road. They've, they've risked it all themselves because that's, that's how you actually figure out what really works. Yeah, and I know that's your story as well. Yeah, exactly. So I want to talk a little bit about uh, your kind of uh, what what led to the skill set that you've developed, right? Because you're you're instead of just teaching people or trying to reproduce and, and teach people the skill set of what you do, you've had to take that skill set and teach other people on your staff how to do it for the clients. So when you mm-hmm. break that down, when you look at okay, here's here's what I've been doing. I've been featured on two thousand media placements. Okay, great. Right. What in how in the world did I do that? And how do I teach somebody else, an employee, how to do that for a client? So tell me a little bit about how you broke that process and those skill sets down into maybe some simple components of things that can be trained 
for other yeah. people. Yeah. Well, you know, again, thankfully, I have really, really good people that I have already been working with nine plus years um, mm-hmm. with Savings Angels. So my director of operations, our operations manager, like we've already been working together for a long time mm-hmm. and they've done a lot of the work now that we do for our other clients. Um, gotcha. Very, very fortunate that, that that's the way that it kind of worked out for me. And, you know, that's a, that's a really great thing. And, you know, you know, one thing that you asked earlier is why not just be this, um, you know, just this mentor figure and, you know, make yeah, it all start about a guru business. But, you know, I've got a vision for me. I've got a vision for our clients mm-hmm. and I have a vision for my team. I want a big team. Like mm-hmm. I want a team of, you know, 40, 50 people and we're all engaged in making the world a better place. Because I believe that every person has a message that can positively mm-hmm. impact the world. And at the same time, I know that my team and I have a skill set that can help make that a reality for those clients. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the more people I can bring along and, you know, the bigger team I can have that, you know, I can make their dreams come true and they can rise with me. We could do great stuff together. Um, that really excites me. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. Very, very cool. Well, let's talk a little bit about um, from from the perspective of owning an agency that delivers services, right? And you're And you're helping someone to build authority, which is something that is intangible and you're trying to take that intangible and make it tangible. So let's talk about kind of the digital indicators a little bit, which to me is, is kind of your, um, it's both an internal measurement of whether you're actually succeeding, but to me, it, it sounds like it's also something that you can help the client see what's really happening so that they make it through that initial dip when they're putting in some time, effort and energy into a marketing strategy. And there's that gap in time between when they start to see all the results come through, which I think we all deal with as, as marketers. Yeah. So let's talk about the, uh, give me just a couple of the digital indicators of authority and how you help clients understand what's really happening when, especially when you're in the initial few months of service. Yeah, sure. Well, you know, for us, um, you know, and, and there are some, certainly some unique circumstances depending on what the client is and what their objective is. But, you know, far too often, I think PR agencies will just say, well, our job is to get you visibility. And, and then the client says, well, what about sales? And the PR agency will throw their hands up like, whoa, we don't have anything to do with that. Like, whoa, that's outside of, you know, anything that we're comfortable in talking with. And I think that that's a huge disconnect. And that really, I think a smart PR agency really needs to be able to speak the language of sales and marketing. Um, Because right now the PR industry is hemorrhaging. Mm -hmm. Um, And I can tell you that because we actually work for a lot of PR agencies that are contracting us. And about 40% of our business are actually other PR agencies that they don't, they don't have the skill set to do what we do because we speak that language of marketing and we tie it into very, very tangible results. Right. But in answer to your first question, um, a, great, a great analogy to, to get, you know, to the person who's listening or watching us um, is let's say you get an unsolicited email. How do you know whether or not to respond to that email? You're gonna, they're gonna go into one of four categories. You either A, absolutely respond to them right away, B, you're busy, respond to them later, C, can't respond right now, but you do it later, but then you forget because you get too busy, or D, you just delete and you have no interest in, in engaging with that person. How do you know how to do that? Well, if Tony Robbins sends me a personal email, do you think I'm going to pretty much drop everything that I'm doing and I'm going to instantly respond to that? Of course I am. 
Why do I do that? It's because I respect him. Mm -hmm. um, if it's someone that I don't know and they're asking to guest blog and then they're saying, all I need to do is give them two links back and all this other crap. I'm like, are you kidding me? You know, first off, you know, that's terrible. And, and sadly, I can speak as a syndicated journalist. So I've been a syndicated writer now for over eight years. I get bad PR pitches on an almost daily basis. And I can, I can tell you that 95 plus percent of the pitches I get, it's basically, it's spam. It's just very spammy. Oh, you should talk about our client because our client is so amazing. And here's what you should, you know, talk about in your next column. Like that, it, that stuff just does not work anymore. Yeah. Journalists have never been more guarded. Influencers have never been more guarded. Now, thankfully, influencers can always respond to that stuff with the rate sheet uh, because, okay. you know, hey, I've got an influ you know, I've got a social media audience. And if you want to reach them, that's great. We can work out a deal together. Right. Um, you know, but, um, I, you know, again, I think in answer to your question, what is it that helps you decide which category to put that unsolicited email? How do you decide that? Yeah. Well, you're going to look at the content of the email. Is it professional or does it just reek of sales? Because if an influence, this is, write this down for someone who's listening to us. <laughs> if an influencer or media smells sales on your breath, they are going to turn and run and they're going to blacklist you and they're going to not want to, they're not going to want to have anything to do with you. So you have to take your sales hat, have a little bit of faith in this process, mm -hmm. put that sales hat on the shelf and just invest in the relationship. Right. I mean, that's one of our five core values is human connection. Mm -hmm. And if you could harness the power of relationships for sustainable collaboration and you, in, you, you lead by giving first and just trust the process and you let them know, I don't need anything in return. It would just be my honor to serve in, in, this, you know, in this proposed way. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what works today. Yeah. And it's amazing how few people have the guts to do that. But the, the, our clients who do, those are the ones that are winning. Those are the ones that are doing YouTube collaborations with uh, YouTubers that have over a million followers because they follow our formula. They follow our advice. They follow yeah. our coaching and they outreach in a way that works. So mm -hmm. that's our job is to do that. So, okay. Again, what do you base it on? Um, I'm going to look at a few things. The content of the email. I'm going to maybe look at your social media. I want to know, do you have any social proof? And then I'm going to maybe do a Google search for you. I'm going to look at your website. Um, I'm going to look at your website and I could pretty much tell within five seconds how legit you are. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's professional, you check a box. If it's not professional, you know, it's a red flag. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of times I get an email and otherwise the email is like, eh, fine, I look at the website and I'm like, yeah, not ready for prime time. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, here's the thing. Influencers and media are generally not going to tell you why they're not going to, they don't want to work with you. <laughs> they just true. won't. Yeah. They'll ghost you. <laughs> it's because they're nice people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And they're busy. Like it's not my, yeah. it's not their yeah. job to give feedback on, on someone's authority. Yeah. Our job is to reveal honestly, brutally, honestly, you know, where you are right now, because my goals are the same as my client's goals. We need to fix that stuff and we need to get them collaborating with very powerful influencers because influencers absolutely can wave their magic wand and they could do amazing things for you. But you just got to enter that yeah. relationship in a way um, where it's all about them. 
Yeah, I was going to say, like, to me, podcasting is kind of the rudimentary form of collaborative or cooperative marketing. I think it's going to, I think we're going to see some really interesting things over the next 5, 10, 15 years. I think it's going to really push the boundaries. Um, I mean, you can already see this happening in music. I mean, most of, most of the big gains for new artists in the music industry in the last 10 years have come from exactly what you talked about, collaborating with people with bigger audiences than they do but creating an interesting work of art in and of itself, that the collaboration is a one plus one equals three arrangement because that collaboration produces something that it's, it's more valuable than yeah. what those two influencers could produce by themselves. So I love that. So the collaboration. Um, yeah. I know your time is limited. I want to honor that. I've got one more question for you before we do. What's the best way for people to connect and reach out? Yeah, so uh, if you go to upmyinfluence.com, uh, I, look, I do pro bono work all the time. I just feel like I've got a moral imperative to do that. So uh, if you are on the younger side of business and you're newer in business, please take advantage. We do free webinars. It's not a weird salesy thing. We're good. Like we're, we're doing all right. You know, what, if, if you're not yet at that level, then please take advantage of all the free stuff. You know, if you are at the level where you're investing in growth and you want to start scaling, you know, you're scaling your business. So you realize the key to that is you have to make investments in order to grow, you know, just, just, uh, you know, scraping free stuff is it, it'll get you up to a level, but eventually, you know, when you want to start making big moves forward, you just have to find ways to make investments. And if you do have budget, then I'd be happy to grab 15 minutes with you. And you know what? If I give you nothing but 15 minutes of good advice, I'm happy to do that. Yeah. Um, that's, that's what I get to do professionally. It's my favorite part of my job uh, is, is being able to do that. So um, it's really easy. You'll find on my website, upmyinfluence.com, um, where you can schedule a quick discovery call with me. And, and I, I, look, if it's connections, uh, if it's you know, happy to look at your own social media, happy to look at your website, uh, and happy to help you get more money out of your existing and current marketing campaigns. Perfect. All right. So final question, then we'll wrap up. So you guys provide services, you're running an agency, but you also understand that there's an element of coaching that needs to go into it to get your clients yeah. the results that they want. So just very briefly, how do you structure the coaching aspect of it so that you don't end up just becoming a coaching company that delivers some services, right? Your service, service company first, coaching is secondary. How do you structure that? Yeah, we have to tie those things together. Service without coaching is not going to get them the end result because all they're going to get if they're just doing the services is they're going to get the media placement. Mm -hmm. My job is to review, okay, let's talk about your profit centers. How's mm -hmm. it going? Okay, why, okay, why are you missing this huge opportunity? Tell me about your sales cadence. Tell me about your post, uh, you know, if they're in a B, we do a lot of our clients are B2B. Mm -hmm. um, I, I say, tell me about how you, you know, how do you do inbound? How are you doing uh, appointment setting? How are you doing lead gen? Okay, mm -hmm. why are you not incorporating your authority into your lead gen? You know that if you were, you could probably four to five X your response rate. Um, so my job is to evaluate all of that because if our clients, because we don't do contracts, our services are month to month because we know that our, you know, our service works. We know that. But if they go rogue on us and they refuse to, they just say, oh, well, I'm only going to do media because I want the visibility and that's where my wildest dreams are going to come true. They're going to be sorely disappointed. Right. Because honestly, if you get quoted in Entrepreneur Magazine, you're not going to get that much business out of it. Yeah. But if you get quoted in Entrepreneur Magazine and your sales funnel, the people in your sales funnel know that you just got quoted in Entrepreneur Magazine, psychologically what happens to them is they say, oh my gosh, Matt just got quoted in Entrepreneur Magazine. He's going to get a big head and he's going to want to leave me behind. I don't want that to happen. He already gets, Matt already gets the validation without my dollars. So yeah. 
cycle. So that's mm. the dynamic that we create. So mm. we get sales and yeah. we get sales funnels. We get, you know, we get legion. We understand all that. So my job is to make sure we connect that visibility, the authority, and we tie it into revenue. Um, and as a result, like I said, our clients make good money and then we don't have to worry. But see, most PR firms, they tie their clients in these ridiculous 12-month contracts. That's what I was stuck in and I blew 25 grand, okay? Yeah. And, and so the only reason they do that is because they don't have a clue how money is. Well, I shouldn't say that. But unfortunately, yeah. too many of them don't mm -hmm. really understand revenue, yeah. particularly in the SMB level. And yeah. so our job is to make sure that our clients are making money. Love it. Couldn't agree more. Um, as my, one of my mentors would say, we have to care about our clients' success more than they do. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Without a doubt. Which is why I love the model of, hey, go month to month with your clients. Yep. Don't, you know, stop tying them into uh, long-term contracts. And then why don't you just go ahead and live and die based on results? That's, yep. it's, it's scary, but I'll tell you that our conversion rate is pretty, pretty insane as a result of de-risking it for our clients. Yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. There's a huge benefit on the front end sales side. If you can, if you can make that and confidently make that statement, and change the business model so it's not dependent on on contracts, 100%, yep. absolutely. Awesome, Josh, this is fantastic. I really appreciate it. Matt, my pleasure. Hey, Rockstars, thank you so much. I appreciate you investing your time, your effort, your energy into the show. I don't take that lightly. I so appreciate uh, you all listening and the feedback that I get from those of you who listen and engage with the show, uh, whether you agree or disagree with the things we talk about. I love hearing from you, so please reach out. And if you are in the audience and you're a business coach, a consultant, or you're in creative services, and you're thinking about using guest, you know, guest appearances on podcasts and interviews to boost your business, grow your brand, build more influence and attract ideal clients, or maybe you're watching other people in your space do that and you're wondering if this strategy will work for you and how to make that work. Uh, I did a special training with a client, Dana Malstaff, uh, who runs the Boss Mom podcast. We produce her show. And we did a training all about that. And it's called How to Get Featured on the Right Podcast and get your ideal clients flocking to you. And a few of the things that we covered in that training, it's, it's short, it's content packed, it's only about 35 minutes long. And we talked about how to get featured on podcasts in less than two hours a week, how to find the exact right podcast for you and make friends with those podcast hosts, how to become micro famous so you're known, liked and trusted in your space, and really how to, uh, how to craft a story hook uh, that really gets the attention of podcast hosts and gets them to say yes when you reach out and pitch yourself as a guest. And so we talk about all that and a bunch more in that training. So it's available at howtogetfeatured.com. That's howtogetfeatured.com. Pop your information in there. It's free and you get it in you know, instant access to watch. You don't have to wait for a follow-up email. You don't have to wait for a fake webinar that's not actually live. None of that. It's a recorded training. You get instant access. So go check it out. I'd appreciate it. And I've said it before on previous episodes. This is my number one marketing strategy for myself for 2019. And I learned a lot of these things in the process of building the system for myself and my staff to pitch me as a expert guest on podcasts. And whenever somebody, whether it's one of my own clients or my friends and peers and colleagues in the space that we all run in, it's my number one recommendation for them to, to grow their brand, build their influence and attract ideal clients. So if that's you and you want more of that, go check that out. That's at howtogetfeatured.com. Thanks again so much. And we'll see you on the next episode of the UX podcast.